Confused by all the changes to the UK tax system recently? Well, this podcast goes through the key changes and what you can do to minimise your tax bills. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr Tommy Perkins, a GP. And by me, Dr Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So I'm here with Tommy today for today's podcast and uh, unusually I'm doing the introduction today, but normally it's Tommy, the man himself that does these. How are things going, Tommy? You look a little bit sad at the moment. I'm in mourning for something really terrible happened about six minutes past six this morning. Something really terrible happened. I discovered that, unfortunately, my coffee machine had unexpectedly passed away. And so I'm under-caffeinated and in mourning. Okay, that is very sad. I think there are two things there that make me actually almost uh, weep with emotion. First of all, the loss of any coffee machine is to be mourned. But also, you're up at six past six. My word, what's wrong with you? That's just like yeah, man, I'm on my new regime, aren't early. I? Because, no, because like... Well, we talked about our New Year's resolutions and slightly off topic, really. None of my New Year's resolutions are financial because my finances are kind of sorted. So I'm on my new regime where I hit the gym three times a week at 6.15. So yeah, the coffee machine, it's not, I mean, it's, resuscitation is ongoing. I'm not exactly sure what's the matter with it, but I think it's basically, if it does die, the death certificate will say like 1A pump failure caused by 2 Poor maintenance, possibly. Can you put pump failure as a 1A? That's the question. Probably not. Pathologists well. probably... I mean, basically, it'd be like <laughs> furring of the pipework due to poor maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope you get it fixed before I come around next time. That's all I can say. Well, you didn't come around. Once you found out it's broken, you stayed at your house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that you know, that was in the back of my mind, mainly why I, I didn't come around. I was like, I can't do it. I need the caffeine. So I'm here with my coffee and dark coke as well as auxiliary caffeine and we're here to talk all about the many changes on the 6th of april so i think we need caffeine for that yeah definitely because there's been so many changes recently and if you are gonna get a plan together and you know pay the right amount of tax in 2023 you need to understand all of these changes so i thought what we could do is go through what the changes have been to give everyone a nice summary but also start to think about what we or what you could do to mitigate those changes where possible. So should we get into it, mate? Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, we've had loads of changes. But to make things even more confusing, those changes aren't all, haven't come from one centralised, let's say, budget, because we've had quite a few changes over a number of years. Some were announced, you know, several years ago by Rishi Sunak when he was Chancellor. Some have been announced by, you know, Liz Truss's government, which lasted for what, like 40 days, or it was. And some were kept, some weren't kept. And obviously we had Jeremy Hunt's statements in October and budgets in March. So there's been a lot of changes and we're just going to try and centralise some of the key changes for you. And as Tommy said, you know, what we can think about doing as this new tax year progresses. So the new tax year started on the 6th of April 2023. And the first five changes that we're going to talk about, they relate to income tax and capital gains tax. We're going to do another five that relate to other things. Okay, so income tax, obviously, the most important tax for the vast majority of UK taxpayers and for most doctors, if not all doctors. So let's go into what's changed or what's going to happen from the 6th of April. So first of all, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers will know, the tax-free personal allowance has once again been frozen. 
at £12,570. And Jeremy Hunt has decreed that this freeze is going to continue even further until April 2028. And that's part of the government's plan to use what is known as fiscal drag to try and generate more tax revenue. So as inflation rises, as we get pay rises, more and more people are going to start to pay income tax or pay higher income tax as they move through the thresholds. And it's been estimated that 3.2 million more people are going to start paying income tax as their incomes exceed the frozen personal allowances. So in England, Wales and Northern Ireland, the higher rate threshold has also been frozen at £50,270. And that's going to result in a further 2.1 million taxpayers paying tax of 40% by the time the freeze ends, by the time Jeremy's April 2028 freeze ends. Okay, so these freezes, they've been going on for a little while now. As I say, the new thing is that they've been extended even further. You know, I guess the question is really, what can you do about it? Well, you know, we go through this many a time, but make sure that you're maximising your claim for employment expenses. You know, as you go through the tax year, keep an eye on what you're spending money on. Make sure you keep the receipts. You don't necessarily have to submit the receipts anywhere, but just make sure you're aware of how much you're spending so you can then claim that expense against your employment income. Don't forget you can claim for your professional subscriptions, such as your GMC fee, your Royal College fees, BMA fees if you pay for that, and so on. You can also claim your CCT fee, so don't forget about that. Make a note of that when you, if you pay it this year. And also any examination fees if your exam is mandatory under a junior doctor training contract with a Royal College, plus any associated costs. Okay, so if you're if you have to, if, it's, if you really have to get a hotel room because your exam is you know, eight o'clock in the morning the next day, or you have to get a train somewhere, you know, just make sure you keep a note of these expenses, okay? Because, you know, every penny counts and you should be able to make a claim for those expenses against your employment income. So as you go for the year, just keep an eye on what you're spending money on and make sure you make that claim when you need to. Okay. And as always, you know, at Medics Money, you know, we have that free tax-free guide, step-by-step, runs you through it. You don't have to pay anyone to do this, you know, just make that claim for this year. And of course, you can go back four tax years as well if you haven't done so already. Awesome. I think that fiscal drag is like what people would call a stealth tax, basically, right? Because on the face of it, the tax rates have not gone up. But because of inflation, I mean, fiscal drag is just it's just genius, like politically. <laughs> 3.2 million more people are paying tax, but they can still say they haven't had to raise taxes. And I get that they got bills to pay, etc. But yeah, fiscal drag is like, it's my least favorite two words, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's quite insidious, isn't it, really? Just kind of creeps up on people without them kind of even realizing and sudden all of a sudden bam you're either paying tax or paying more tax at a higher rate so yeah and it's quite clever because you know if they increase the tax rate everyone's like oh well they've increased taxes if they just say we're going to freeze your price allowances people pay more tax but it doesn't look quite so bad in terms of the optics so very sneaky and i think you've mentioned it before on the pod that the tax burden at the moment under this current government is the highest it's ever been is that what you said yeah, I think post-Second World War, absolutely. Yeah, the tax burden is the highest it's ever been. So, yeah, not much fun. And as you say, you know, lots of bills to pay post-COVID, but, you know, tricky time for all UK taxpayers, especially with the cost of living crisis as well. And on that note, here's another change, number two. This wasn't announced in the recent budget. It was announced in October in his statement. But basically, the additional higher rate tax threshold, which is the threshold at which taxpayers pay 45% income tax, that has now been reduced from 150,000 to 125,140 pounds. And that means that more taxpayers are gonna be paying tax at the highest rate or 45%. So 
you know, again, what can you do about it? Well, obviously, we mentioned about, you know, claiming your expenses, that's going to help. At this higher level of income, it might be worth considering if there is a way to use a company in your tax arrangements. It's That's only going to really fit for those people with kind of additional sources of income. So not your main doctor employment income, but, you know, if you've got additional sources of income, you know, private practice, for example, it might be something to consider. Although, of course, you would need to think about that very carefully and get professional advice. We've got quite a lot of information on our podcast and YouTube videos about using companies to try and arrange your tax affairs to reduce your tax liabilities. But of course, yeah, you would need to get a lot of advice on that. But something to think about, you know, at these higher rates, which I appreciate, it's a nice problem to have. And people that listen or watch won't have an income that high. But if you do, you know, think about if there are ways you can you know, mitigate that those liabilities. And of course, don't forget to consider your marginal tax rate between 100,000 and 125, 140 pounds, because don't forget between those two amounts, your marginal tax rate is going to be 60% for income tax because your personal allowance is going to be clawed back. That's going to be even higher in Scotland, which we're going to come on to in a second. But yeah, just again, some food for thought because more people are now going to be paying the 45% tax rate. Yeah. Before we go on to Scotland, so... Let's just say in that marginal rate between 100 and 125, 140, as you say, great problem to have, but tax should be proportionate and fair. So you've said that the marginal rate of income tax is 60%, okay, but then if you've got a student loan, which many doctors do have, and student loans have changed over the years since me and Ed were there, but we were on a plan one student loan. Mm. Most of you now will be on plan two, which is significantly more punitive and the fees involved are significantly higher, but then, so you're going to knock off 60% for income tax, 9% for your student loan. You're also going to knock off how much for national insurance at that range? At that point, 2%, 2% for national insurance. Yeah. And then, Pension. I mean, if the work is pensionable, you're going to knock off another 12.5%, I think in that bracket. So you could go to work on a hundred pounds and you could just come out with 16 pounds or 17 pounds left in your pocket yeah not ideal you know you get to that point where you should really be thinking is it really is it worth it i mean again we as we always say makes money we're not trying to stop people from doing work you know it's always good to have extra money just think about the you know the pros and cons if your marginal tax rate is going to be that high that's all that's all we'll say on that one i think should we move on to scotland i really love work to go there for those yeah. kind of deductions <laughs> but yeah let's move on yeah, to scotland pounds. that's it just so you know i mentioned above about you know for the uk apart from scotland actually most of those changes above will apply to our scottish listeners and viewers but just you know people will be aware in scotland that there are more income tax bans those thresholds have been frozen more importantly or as importantly the two highest rates of income tax in scotland have been increased from 41 to 42 percent and from 46 to 47%. Those changes were announced by the Scottish Government in February this year. There are more rates in Scotland and there are higher rates in Scotland as well. And those two highest rates have now been increased by 1% as of the 6th of April 2023. You know, what can our Scottish listeners, viewers do about it? Well, it's the same as above, really. Make sure you're claiming all your expenses. And if you are at those kind of higher rates, think about your marginal tax rate. Think about if there are other things you can do. For example, Getting professional advice about seeing if a company would benefit you or not. But yeah, just bear in mind that in Scotland, most things will apply, but there are a few more thresholds and the income tax rates are slightly higher and going up from the 6th of April. Okay, 
these things that we've been talking about, so we've been talking about an employment income, but those rates and thresholds, et cetera, they also apply to what we call non-savings income. And that would include, for example, profits from self-employment. There is a whole separate tax regime for dividends, and that has also changed. So this is point number four, the change in dividend taxation. Okay, so it's important to know for dividends that everyone in the UK receives a tax-free dividend allowance. So the first chunk of dividends is basically not taxed, or rather they tax it at 0%. So effectively, it's not taxed. And this was £2,000 until recently. So from the 6th of April 2023, the tax-free dividend allowance, which was 2000 has been cut in half and is now £1,000. So this tax year, as of the 6th of April, it's now £1,000. So the first £1,000 of dividends are tax-free. That's actually going to go down again further next tax year to £500. Okay, so currently in this tax year, the 2023 to 2024 tax year, you can get up to £1,000 of dividends tax-free. It was 2000 Later, it's going to be 500, but right now it's 1,000 pounds. It's estimated that this was going to mean that 635,000 people are going to have to start paying tax on their dividends. And when the allowance gets cut again next year, that's going to go up to over a million people who are now paying tax on their dividends. The rates at which dividends are taxed, they were increased last year by 1.25% across the board by that health and social care levy which I'm sure a lot of our eagle listening viewers, eagle-eyed viewers, I don't know what the phrase would be for people listening. Anyway, eagle-eyed viewers, you know, people will know that was scrapped ultimately, the health and social care levy, but they kept the increased dividend tax rates. So these dividend tax rates throughout the UK, 8.75% if you're a basic rate taxpayer, 33.75% for higher rate taxpayers, and 39.35% for additional rate taxpayers. So it's thought that, you know, a lot more of us are going to have to pay income tax on our dividends at those rates I've just mentioned. Well, what can you do about it? That's, of course, the key question. Well, the key thing you can do is to use ISAs where you can, because ISAs basically provide a wrapper against income tax. So, for example, if in this tax year there's a company that you're really desperate to buy shares in, you know, can you do that via a stocks and shares ISA instead of buying them personally? Because the ISA, any dividend income will be tax free. If you get them personally and your dividend income exceeds £1,000, you're going to have to start paying tax on those. So just think about if there's any scope for using a stocks and shares ISA instead. There may be other things that you can do. For example, you know, if you are married or in a civil partnership, you can also think about where your shares should lie. Should your partner hold the shares instead? That's perfectly legal. It may be that you have a partner who pays tax at a lower rate than yourself, and it may be more beneficial if they receive the dividend income than yourself. So there are a couple of things to do, but definitely think about your ISO allowance, which is £20,000 over the tax year. Yeah. Can I just ask a question as well? So those extra 625,000 people or 635,000 people that are going to start paying tax on dividends, they're going to need to complete self-assessment. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit of a mess. I mean, you know, some people may not, you know, have any sympathy for people with dividend income who now have to pay tax, you know. There'll be a lot of people out there that say that's fair, but that's a huge issue. The amount of admin involved for HMRC and taxpayers in having to now file self-assessment or however, you know, maybe the HMRC will think of a new way of allowing us to pay those dividend tax bills. If it's just dividends, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm not sure they know exactly, but you're right. All these people are going to have to find a way to now tell HMRC, I owe you some money. You know, does that mean that 635,000 people are now going to have to do tax returns? 
I mean, HMRC already have a huge workload, which they're not managing. You know, that's not going to be much fun for them. But you're absolutely right. You know, the, the main reason for that £2,000 dividend allowance wasn't just because the government want to get people buying, investing in the economy and buying shares and all that. It's actually admin purposes as well. All that time and effort filling the tax returns for HMRC to then have to check, etc. So, yeah, absolutely spot on. Uh, you know, really good question. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem that well thought through, does it, really? No, I mean, think about all those, you know, think about various sort of, you know, pensioners, for example, you might get, you know, a bit of dividend income from their investments, you know, are they now going to have to start paying tax via self-assessment for the first time? You know, maybe they won't, you know, I'm not saying they necessarily will do, but it's something that, you know, it's interesting, you know, it's an interesting point. And to be honest, point number five kind of is the same thing, really, because, you know, that this relates to capital gains tax, you know, capital gains tax, that's payable on profits made on the disposal of certain assets like shares. This hasn't changed much in general, but just like the tax-free dividend allowance has been reduced, so Jeremy has reduced the capital gains annual exempt amount, which is basically a kind of personal allowance for capital gains. It was 12,600. It's been like that for ages, but it's been cut from the 6th of April 2023 to 6,000 for this new tax year. It's going to go down to £3,000 in the next tax year. So obviously the government are going to be raising more capital gains tax revenue, but it's thought that, you know, this just like reducing the tax-free dividend allowance, it's going to create a lot of new admin burden for taxpayers, for HMRC, because again, if you now make a capital gain, if your capital gains exceed, in this case, this year, 6,000, you're now going to have to potentially do a tax return and send that to HMRC for them to review and check and investigate and all these. So again, more admin for everyone more capital gains tax revenue for HMRC. Again, what can you do about it? Well, just like for income tax or for dividends, you know, ISAs, any growth in value or any disposals in an ISA, they're exempt from capital gains tax. So again, if you're looking to buy shares, you know, can you do that via a stocks and shares ISA? Another thing to think about with assets, you know, capital gains tax is, you know, often taxpayers have a bit more control over when they crystallize a capital gains tax liability. If you know that you want to sell an asset that is chargeable to capital gains tax, not everything is by the way, but some things are like stocks and shares, you know, it's if you know you've got an asset that you want to sell, or maybe that you have to sell, you know, bear in mind that doing it in this tax year, the first £6,000 of gains is tax-free. The following tax year, it will only be £3,000. So, you know, to this extent, you've got any scope for choosing when you sell an asset, if you really want to, or really have to, you know, think about whether you can do that in this tax year versus the next tax year when more of, of that gain will be taxable. Definitely. And so that's why we're doing this podcast now, because we need to make these changes like now. Talking of things we need to do now, I think we should split this podcast and finish it off next week because we've got to go to a meeting. So next week we are going to talk about the other points, which are the pension, massive topic, corporation tax, something about inheritance tax, super deductions, so tune in next week where we will do part two of our summary of the changes that you need to do for this tax year. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, subscribe and then you won't miss next week's episode. And we better shoot to this meeting. Yeah, to be continued. Take care, guys. Bye bye. See you next week.